Food Heals Nation, what have you been doing lately when it comes to truly caring for your skin? Have you tried any of the light therapy facials or the LED masks? I've shared on this show how I use lasers to completely remove my brown spots in the past, and I love anything that can help me with wrinkles or blemishes or redness or scars. I find a lot of great products on YouTube that I test out, and I've just discovered a new brand. It's called Lima, and when you see the before and afters on YouTube, you're going to be a convert too. They are changing the way that you care for your skin on actually a profoundly scientific level. This is the Lima Laser. It's the world's most powerful clinic-grade cosmetic laser device and the only laser FDA cleared for at-home use. Why this is important is because I was spending, I'm not going to tell you how much, way too much money years ago when I was getting rid of those brown spots when I was really healing my skin, and now... This same type of technology is available at home, and I'm here for it. I am so excited. So this is a near-infrared laser light that penetrates deep into the dermis, simultaneously working on your fat, muscle, and bone to give you like a non-surgical facelift. It transforms your skin. It helps skin issues like wrinkles, sagging, blemishes, pigmentation, redness, breakouts, and scars. And it does this with zero damage, zero pain, and zero downtime. And I remember the lasers that I used to do, they did have some downtime, so this is great. Make sure to check out some of the before and after photos on the website so you can see what I'm talking about. They have YouTube videos too. But the reason it's groundbreaking is it uses that near-infrared low-level light technology, which is completely cold and painless, and it's 100 times more powerful than an LED. And the craziest part is you can even use it with a full face of makeup. So check it out for yourself. Visit lima.life. L is for live. Y is for younger. M is for masterful. A is for approved, and learn more about the Lima Laser. If you're interested in trying one today, you can sign up for their newsletter. Tell them that Food Heals sent you, and please let me know if you order one. I want to hear about your results. Again, it's lima.life, L-Y-M-A dot life. Food Heals Podcast, episode 142. The little things that you can do every day, that's what makes a difference. Because every time that we love, we're spreading love into the world. You know, it's like the ripple effect. You love, then other people are more likely to love. That's what I think builds a better world. Holistic Voice presents the Food Heals podcast with your hosts, Alison Melody and Susie Hardy. Join the Food Heals nation and learn the secrets to go from feeling unwell to healing yourself. Warning, side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, an increase in sexual activity, feelings of joy, cravings for kale and quinoa, and a spike in Tinder matches. In rare cases, people have experienced a strong desire to actually start using their $39.99 a month gym membership. If you experience any of these symptoms, Snapchat your trainer immediately. All right, welcome Food Heals Nation. Thanks for joining us. I'm Allison Melody. And I'm Susie Hardy. Today's guest is Mel B. Mel is a holistic health freelance writer and planet-friendly detox coach who is passionate about sharing information that sparks a shift in consciousness and empowers people to dive into greener living and vibrant health. Mel overcame an eating disorder and depression with a combination of plant-based nutrition, spirituality, positive thinking, and love. She believes that true health and happiness come from loving and nurturing the self. Amen. Mel helps women detox from junk foods and junk thoughts so they can rediscover their inner goddess and the joy of being healthy. I can't wait to talk to her. 
I love the inner goddess. Yes. <laughs> Mel is also our fabulous show notes writer. So if you check out the show notes at foodhealsnation.com, she wrote them. And it's hard to find good writers. And it's hard to find someone who gets you, who understands your vision, and really loves working with you. And so that's what we got with Mel. So if you ever need a show notes writer, you know where to go, radicalb.com. Yeah, it took a while for us to find her, right? Yeah, we were working with other people or we were writing them ourselves. And I'm not a copywriter. Like, that's not my skill. So to get the essence of what the podcast was saying, we really needed someone to pull that out. And she does a great job. So if you need copywriting help, Mel is your girl. But if you need social media help, we've got a fabulous recommendation for you. Friend of the show, Tara Childs Ledoux, is a social media master. And she has created a beautiful guide to take the overwhelm out of social and break down exact strategies for growing your social media following organically and authentically. It's called Social Media Guidebook for Spiritual Entrepreneurs, and it's $28 normally, but of course, we scored a discount code for all of our Food Heals Nation. Of course. Of course. Go to foodhealsnation.com social and use the code FOODHEALS to get $5 off, making it only, drumroll, $23. $23. What a steal. Do you like my drumroll? I do. I do. <laughs> it sounds exactly like a drum. It is a steal. Social Media Guidebook for Spiritual Entrepreneurs is chock full of guidance on how to grow your brand awareness and foster engagement using the exact strategies that Tara used to grow her Instagram following from zero, get this, to 11,000 in under a year and a half. Oh my God. Yeah, we need her. <laughs> That's phenomenal. Yes. So go to foodhealsnation.com social to get your guidebook and save $5 using the coupon code foodheals. Next up, our interview with Mel B. The Food Heals Podcast starts now. Today we're here with an exciting, awesome, amazing, beautiful guest, Mel B, a conscious content creator and detox lifestyle coach. Her motto is, if you love Mother Nature, she loves you back. Welcome, Mel. Thank you. It's amazing to be here. I'm so glad to finally be talking to you both. And besides being a digital plant-based nomad, you are also the fabulous person who writes our beautifully written show notes. So shout out real quick before we get started. Thank you. It is hard Thank to find. You. Yes. Allison writers. and I do not do this by ourselves, even though it may seem that way. We have a phenomenal team behind us. Mel's part of it. Yes. So. And Thank you. It took us a while to find Mel. Mel, what episode did you say you started on? I think I started on 49 or 50, 51. Right. So before that, we were either writing it ourselves, not well, or hiring people to do it that weren't doing a very good job. And then you'll see, if you look back at the show notes, when they all of a sudden get good. And that's when Mel started, around 49 or 50. So thank you. Oh, thank you very much. Well, you you know, I love working for you guys. And it means I have to listen to the podcast, which is great. Because <laughs> you, I have no you have no choice. <laughs> I have just, I, it doesn't feel like working to me. It feels like, oh, I have to listen to the podcast. Oh, well. <laughs> and I'm so glad I found someone that gets it because I had one guy who was helping me write the show notes before you. And I don't want to speak poorly of anyone, but he just didn't get it. And that's the difference between the good writing and the bad writing is that you get it, you're passionate about it, you understand it. And so you're able to express it and tell people, here's what the episode is about in beautifully stated words. So thank you. You are making me blush right now massively. Okay, but I'll shut up and move on. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, like I like it. Keep keep it coming. Um, no, I and mean, I am passionate about you know your, the podcast is food heals, and I I strongly believe that food does heal. So 
when I saw your posting on um, Upwork, I think it was the freelancing website that we met on. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I thought I have to apply for this position. Like I have to. I'm so glad that you picked me as well. So thank you. Me too. So what made you become this digital plant-based nomad? You're traveling, you're writing, you've got this great, beautiful vegan life and lifestyle. How did you start? Well, I think um, I'll probably start with what brought me into nutrition. Was so in my kind of late teens, I was your typical yo-yo dieter. I think I tried all of the diets, Slim Fast, Atkins. I tried the cabbage soup diet at one point. Have you guys <laughs> oh, ever tried yeah. the <laughs> cabbage that, that was a particular low point for me. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell us why. Like, tell everyone why. No, cabbage soup. So it was essentially, as the name says, cabbage soup diet. So there were days where you were just allowed fruit, but no bananas. And then the next day you were just allowed vegetables. But every evening you'd have this soup made of cabbage. And it was just the most bland, boring, depressing <laughs> meal you could think of. It's not fun. But dieting isn't fun, is it? It's like... I was on a quest, you know, I wanted to be this this perfect little thin thing. Mm -hmm. We're kind of influenced by the media a lot. We're given this image of perfect beauty and it's generally someone who's very slender and a lot of us want to be that person, don't we? So we put ourselves through these crazy disordered eating diets. Right. And so I ended up becoming bulimic in my early 20s, mm. eating a lot and then getting rid of it through various means, over-exercising or starving myself for weeks on end. It was quite a bad time of my life. But I got into therapy and I was lucky enough to get a really lovely therapist who kind of got me and helped me get better. But it wasn't until I changed my diet and started looking at food that I realized how much food influences our behavior around food. Sure. So I started reading a lot about nutrition and there's a lot of misinformation out there. I mean, I remember when I thought fat was the enemy. Mm -hmm. So I would eat a load of sugar because well, in my the, mind- and that, and that was what was promulgated out there. That's what you were being told. You have to have low fat. You can't have any fat, non-fat and fat, fat is bad. And, and that is bad. And, and, and yeah. but in my mind, sugar was okay because sugar didn't have any fat. Right. So I was eating a ton of sugar and obviously like putting weight on and feeling depressed and feeling, you know, low energy and stuff. Now I don't eat much. Well, I eat a little. Sometimes, you know, if there's a piece of vegan cake, I'm in Brighton at the moment. So there are vegan cafes with vegan gluten-free cakes everywhere. I'm sure they're not sugar-free. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes, right. Sometimes you have to indulge. But I think on a day-to-day, -day, you know, to think sugar is added to so many processed food. Like I think uh, even baked beans, you know, things that are savory yeah. contain sugar and it's, it's crazy. Yeah. And they're in all of those frozen meals. It's in everything that's, you know, made to eat and you don't realize how much sugar and or salt and or other things are in them um, until you read the package labels. And who knows if those package labels are even accurate half the time? Well, some of them are impossible to kind of pronounce anyway. That's that's my motto is if you can't pronounce something that's on the label, just Shouldn't don't. be eating it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just put it back on the shelf. Forget it. You're not meant to be eating that. It's not food. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I heard a statistic recently that said something like 75% 
of products in an average American supermarket are considered non-food. Not just like the paper towels and the toilet paper, but Mm -hmm. like even what is considered food, there's so much crap in it that it's not even food. Oh, good. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So so that's like 25% of stuff in supermarkets that is actually food. In America. Yeah. Like products. Yeah. So that's bad. It's horrible. <laughs> That's crazy. And like, and I would like to, I mean, I lived in Europe a long time ago. I've been in Europe many times. It's like, you guys have a different, it may have changed. It may be changing. But I always feel like the quality over there was much, much better. They had restrictions. They wouldn't take in certain things from the United States because we genetically modify our foods and, and so on and so forth. How do, you feel, how do you feel about that, Mel? Do you think that there's a big difference between the food we have over here versus in Europe? I think at the moment there is, although there's there's less of a difference now. You know, you can go to some of the big supermarkets in the UK. I can imagine they're, they're the same as Walmart. You know, there's a lot of crisps and biscuits and processed stuff. But I think we still have some regulations in place in terms of genetically modified food, in terms of some of the ingredients that are allowed in American food that aren't at the moment allowed in European food. But with the whole Brexit thing and these trade agreements that are being negotiated at the moment, that could spell the end of, of any kind of food regulations in Europe anyway, um, which I find quite worrying, really. Yeah, that's terrifying. Wait, do you think the Brexit could bring about getting rid of food regulations over there? Well, yeah, because at the moment they're talking about some kind of fast track trade agreement being negotiated between the UK and the US. Oh, God. Like the... Like the TTIP, but I suppose, I don't know, a different version just for the UK. And I mean, I don't know too much about it because I try not to watch the news because I find it really depressing and it makes me very anxious and, and upset. So, but when you think about it, yeah, if they negotiate this trade agreement, it's not geared to protecting people. It's geared to increasing profits for the corporations. And yeah, that means regulations on food, if they don't fit with their profit ideals, are just going to be swept under the carpet, you know, yeah, let's get let's get GMO in there and, and more fat and more sugar. And yeah, it's terrifying. And studies have shown this and movies have shown this, that the amount of diabetes and obesity and things like that in the US are, you know, skyrocketing compared to Europe. And so if you look at that, it's like, we this western model does not work and so for other places to adopt it crazy it's horrible i mean even in the uk there's a massive problem with diabetes and heart disease you know there's a lot of of people who are overweight and obese it's by no means perfect over here at all right because you've got the growth of the fast food and the processed foods and the sugar and the lifestyle you know people are less active we're always on our phone or in front of the television. You know, no wonder disease is on the increase at the moment. On a lighter note. <laughs> I was just going to say, I think I need a drink. Yeah. <laughs> Susie, go get us the wine. <laughs> so um, let's go back to, um, to Brexit because, you know, we were just talking a, a little bit before we started the podcast on how Brexit happened first and the United States has seemed to follow suit in terms of, you know, in, it, from, from my limited view over here, Brexit was very geared toward, let's get the immigrants out. Let's get these people who aren't British out. And we're having the exact same thing happen here. It's the immigrants' fault. They're taking our jobs. Let's get them out. Let's create a travel ban. And, you know, history does repeat itself. This is not the first time this has happened. I don't want to uh, necessarily say Third Reich, but, you know, that's kind of where it started there, too. So (laughs) it did. It did. Uh, Hitler said, it's the Jews' fault that Germany is falling apart. I laugh because I'm scared. 
Okay. <laughs> so, Mel, I turn it over to you. What has this? What has Brexit been like for you? Well, I'm half French and half Italian. So you don't As belong in... there either. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So, so no. My first reaction when I woke up, I woke up that morning in a campsite because at the time I was traveling with my partner. And we turned on the radio and all of a sudden, you know, Brexit was happening. And I felt like this isn't where I grew up anymore. It kind of felt much less friendly in a way, a little bit less, like less accepting. Because essentially, what what are you saying when you're saying uh, we don't want to be part of Europe anymore because, you know, all these people are coming in the country. And it's like, well, I've been in the UK all of my life. You know, I've, I pay my taxes. I like it here. I know the language. <laughs> But the whole Brexit campaign was was geared on lies. Mm. All these immigrants coming and taking the jobs or, you know, putting stress on the NHS, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, the economic system isn't the way it is because people are coming into the country. The economic system is the way it is because it's a system that's geared around helping businesses make more money mm. at the detriment of humans and the planet. That's the problem. Amen, sister. It's true. It, that is absolutely 100% true. And if we, we could actually extrapolate that out, I've been using that word a lot lately, but I really enjoy it. Um, extrapolate that out into, I guess, everything, environmental issues, mm -hmm. food, you know, social welfare, just everything. It's always countries are supposed to help take care of their people. Yeah. And it seems that, you know, at least from the United States, like, I don't know how you guys have it, but we have lobbying over here for corporate interests. Basically, companies can buy politicians. That's pretty much what lobby. It's legitimized bribery in an organized fashion. And, <laughs> and, um, and they get their agendas through over the American people. Yep. Actually, something shocked me the other day. I saw that the British government are putting a tax on businesses that use solar power. Oh. And it was like, oh, I'm sorry. Um, I don't understand. I don't understand either. <laughs> We just signed the Paris Agreement. We're all supposed to be moving towards greener energy sources. And you're slapping a tax on businesses that are using greener energy sources. Right. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Right. Do you guys have in your government a lot of voices that are don't don't believe in climate science? We Yeah, there's that everywhere. And I think they make the right noises like, oh, yeah, you know, we know that we need to do something. It's like... But they're not doing it. So it's like they're saying one thing, signing the Paris Agreement, you know, and, and everyone cheered when that happened. It's like, oh, it's wonderful. We've signed this agreement. It's like you need to follow that up with action, though. <sighs> and at the moment, what the British government has done is follow up with action that essentially says, oh, no, this isn't really happening. And solar power is bad. Solar <laughs> power is bad. Well, you know, the taxing, they're essentially putting in place a policy that decimates or potentially can decimate the solar industry in the UK. And at the same time, they're also opening up national parks to fracking companies. Mm. God, so, um, that makes me sick. Yeah, that, that scares me more than anything, actually. I, when I was in France late last year, I stayed near a forest. So I was in the forest every day. And it's something so magical and powerful and nurturing about being in a forest and the thought of them all just being knocked down to pump for gas it, it makes me so angry and it scares me you know because I think about the implications about contaminated water and the soil and yeah. 
the air we breathe, what that means for the future. And, you know, let's let's stop going down this very negative um, road because I think it's very easy to feel very powerless. And we talk about these things and it's like, oh, well, what, what can we do? You know, the government's doing this and it, it seems like there's nothing we can do to stop them. You know, we, we try and vote, but it's debatable whether that makes much difference. But then Russia gets in the way. <laughs> God. <laughs> No, it's a very scary time. And I've never been as political as I am now. I've in, in the past 10 years, I've always followed it. But it's time to stand up and speak out, especially for people like us, especially for people that care about food and non-GMOs and care about health. And the decimation of our planet. And the decimation of our planet and <laughs> breathing air. You know? Air, no biggie. Um, air. People like us that care need to stand up and scream. Uh, I, was just, I was just looking up quickly. I saw this great documentary called Merchants of Doubt recently. It's about the quote-unquote spin doctors that lob it doesn't d directly connect lobbyists to them, but basically lobbyists use these people that are pseudo-experts to testify. For instance, it started with, they started with when the cigarettes were being, you know, the, the corporate heads of cigarette companies were going before Congress and saying, no, cigarettes are not addictive and they don't no, kill people. Healthy. And they're good they're for you. They're fine. And your doctor <laughs> smokes. Yeah. So it's, um, it's those guys. And the, and the, and the 13, I think, quote unquote scientists that don't believe in climate change those guys they're called spin doctors there to create doubt against the you know there's a prevailing view like cigarettes are bad like mm -hmm. climate change is caused by human activity and they're out there saying no there's no evidence it's a phenomenal documentary i highly recommend it yes merchants I see of doubt this. yeah it was shocking because basically any company that has a vested interest say exxon mobile in Creating that doubt that, no, you know, gasoline-burning automobiles don't affect the atmosphere. They send these guys out to plant a seed in people's minds to go, well, they're, you know, these guys are saying it's not true, so how maybe it isn't true. Yeah. And once people start having that doubt, then, then they start believe other, they, other yeah, things. Exactly. And then, you know, it's confirmation bias. You're absolutely right. And they put that in people's minds. And the majority of the media is owned by the very corporations who want to put doubt in people's minds. So that's the message that kind of keeps getting repeated is, oh, you know, climate change isn't that bad. You know, we're maybe looking at a few inches rise in sea levels in 100 years. And when you say that to people, you know, that's quite reassuring. Most people think, oh, a few inches in 100 years, like, it's fine, like it's not that big a deal, but actually it is quite an urgent issue. I mean, there's plenty of scientists that are all agreeing and saying, no, no, we need to do something about climate change right now, not tomorrow or in 10 years time when we can all agree on the same things right now. It's not about we keep building cars and we keep intensive farming like we are, you know, cowspiracy. Right. Scared the living daylights out of me. Oh it God, that's a horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's a horror movie but it's so it's good stuff but it's also like the film ends and you haven't got a good feeling <laughs> <laughs> yes that one has a lot of good facts i learned a lot from that one they just came out with their new one called what the health and they're doing the la and new york screening premieres right now so those will hopefully that'll be on netflix or in theater soon i'm not sure where it's going but i love those guys we've interviewed them before um but yeah i mean i i feel like it's up to the people that are doing the movies like Susie mentioned merchants of doubt and like 
Kip and Keegan doing Cowspiracy and us doing the podcast and you doing Radical B and your writing and everything that you're up to, to keep spreading this message. Because like Susie said earlier, we cannot be silent. And maybe it took something as dramatic as Brexit, as a Trump presidency to wake people up to all of the issues that are happening today. And then once you become informed about a few, it's a, it's a, what's it called? A snowball effect. It's a snowball effect. (laughs) (laughs) where you then start caring about more and more issues and then you'll start making a difference even if it's just in your community and you know you can start in your community speaking of you know getting off the negative and and what we can do and I also like what you said Mel before we started this podcast is that you said you like to choose your words consciously to not put negativity into the universe and so I throw this question to you of how do you talk about this issue, think about this issue within yourself um, and to people you know, and these issues, not this issue, to really put a hopeful spin on it? Well, the first thing I do is like whenever I think about Trump or a government, obviously my first reaction is like, I'm so angry and I hate him so much. And then it's like, no, wait, I send him love. I'm sending this person love because I don't know what has happened to this person for them to be this way now, for them to have such a disregard for human life. Right now, you know, there must be some pain there. They must have had some bad experiences in the past. I don't know. But I think the more we hate and the more angry we are, we're just feeding more hate and more anger, you know. So I try and just send love whenever I think about it. not saying I, I don't get angry with him and I don't feel like fear and frustration, but it's that kind of conscious no I'm not going to let that kind of energy enter my body yes and I always think as well like so yes we feel powerless it's very scary but it's just bringing it back to basics like okay what can you do in your life to make a difference it doesn't have to be huge it just can be one thing you know are you picking the the local produce today or are you going to go and buy organic or you know giving change to that person in the street when they ask you just the little things that you can do every day that's what makes a difference because every time that we love we're spreading love into the world you know it's like the ripple effect Mm -hmm. you love then other people are more likely to love that's what I think builds a better world and creates a a world when we can you know we all have the right to a decent life and enough food and you know where we can we are using green energy and we're saving the planet I think it all comes down to loving that's so beautiful I completely agree thanks (laughs) that was quite lovely I was gonna make a joke in the middle of it and I was like no I was gonna say that's great I'm not quite there yet I'm pretty pissed off (laughs) but no you're you are absolutely right I can't say that I think of Trump lovingly it's very difficult it's very difficult well what could have happened to him he inherited a hundred million dollars I mean he's you know I I don't know I don't I don't want to sit here and armchair psychologism uh, no I don't know but I saw a documentary because they I mean the British were very interested in the whole Trump you know we were talking about it a lot on the news and there was even a documentary about um his childhood you know the Trump family and where he came from and I didn't watch all of it because I found it a little bit just too much Trump his dad was kind of the same you know his dad I think swindled the tax people or managed to get some money out of the state somehow and I think maybe if you if you grow up in that environment, you're maybe not going to evolve into a particularly conscious, loving, compassionate being. Yeah. Not that that makes it okay. Well, he doesn't seem to care about anyone but himself. Not his wives, 
None. You know, there's many photos <laughs> right. of how Obama would exit a car and waited for his or gathered his wife and walked with her versus Trump just walks ahead without his wife. He, yeah. He's he's all about putting his name all over the world. He is a corporation. You know, he is a brand. Look, he's an asshole. <laughs> but sing it, sister. That being said, asshole. for our own development of our own consciousness and for helping the world lift with love and not with anger and hatred because hate does breed more hate we've seen that over and over and again we have to be able to separate ourselves from our anger and our disrespect of someone and go okay that's a judgment about a person you know that person upsets me because and then go to the root of why it upsets you and work on healing yourself and then you're able to send love to that person like i know what you're saying Susie. like i'm not sending him love like he doesn't well, deserve I think it's my Im- love i think it's important also in this major global shift because at least you know britain and united states global sh- or major shift in terms of the way they're being run and the way people's lives are going to be affected versus what they thought it meant to be a Brit versus what they thought it meant to be a United States citizen. Amidst that, I think it's important to, especially for women, validate if you are feeling angry or scared or worried, validate that, but not let it run you. Yeah. Acknowledge it. Don't push it aside. Don't say, I shouldn't be angry or I, I don't know what to do with this. So I'm just going to shove it down. I think they're Feel both, the feelings. They're both valid. Feel yeah. the feelings. Let it go. And then send your love out into the universe however best you can. It's just like the Martin Luther King quote, darkness cannot drive out darkness, only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate, only love can do that. Yeah, that is so true. Yeah. And and from the darkest dark can shine the brightest light, you know, and sometimes we need to fall into the darkness in order to come out the other side. And I think that's what's happening at the moment. There's a lot of darkness in the world, but that in a way is helping us to come together and communicate and love and I was watching a documentary earlier today called Occupy Love, and it's about exactly that, you know, um, finding the love in everything and using love as the healing force to to make a better world. That sounds beautiful. I want to see. You guys are giving me some great docs I got to watch. You got some work to do. <laughs> I know. Um, <laughs> is that what you talk about in Radical B? Tell us about um, what you're doing now with your brand. Well, um, I've been focusing mostly on client work. So I work for a health magazine based in Qatar. I work for you. Um, <laughs> my favorite client. I, I work for a couple of- <laughs> <laughs> I do a bit of translations. Essentially, I'm, I'm working freelance writing health articles mostly uh, in order to fund my travels because I'm, I'm now traveling solo. I'm in Brighton at the moment. I'm going to be in Portugal, I think, later on next month. So in Radical B at the moment, it's still in in its infancy a little bit. But it's a blog. You can follow my story a little bit. I'm a content creator, so I write content. If you're a person who has a brand or a product or you're a health coach and you you want to change the world, you know, you want to make the world a better place, I'm your content creator. You're the girl for them. I love that. It's awesome. Um, And I love that because I write from a place of passion because it's something that I'm really passionate about sharing, you know, sharing information to help people become empowered and take their health in their own hands. It's not about just going to the doctors and and getting some pills. You can heal yourself with diet, with the right foods and supplements. So I do that. I'm also a health coach. um, So I help people detox 
detox their kitchen cupboards and their brain because we have a lot of toxic negative thoughts I think and, and that's possibly one of the most unhealthy things you know stress stress causes a lot of diseases we don't think about it because you, you think stress is just a part of day-to-day -day life you know we're sitting in traffic with stress someone calls us up and says something and we get stressed there's a deadline we're stressed and when you're stressed all the time your body does react to it, it causes inflammation causes pain I mean, Susie, you must see that a lot in your um, in your massage, you know, people that are highly strung, how much tension they carry in their body. Oh, absolutely. I even note it for myself, what it does to my body posture, which then, uh, you know, affects my emotion. Yeah, we're, si we're both we're sitting, sitting up, up straight right, right now, right now. <laughs> working on the posture. You know, there's no there's no separating it out. You have to be. Uh, yeah, stress absolutely is the precursor to any disease. And it from weakens your immune system and. And I remember not understanding this at all. I remember only understanding food. So when I came into this world years ago now, I only was learning about eat organic, eat more vegan, eat less of toxic, polluted foods, blah, blah, blah. And I wasn't making the emotional, spiritual stress connection whatsoever. I was still stressed out. And here I am doing a cleanse, stressed as heck about, was I doing the cleanse right? You know, oh, yeah. <laughs> right? All these things. And so my emotions weren't in check. My thoughts weren't in check. So I was still judging myself, telling myself I wasn't doing the cleanse right. Well, how is someone supposed to be successful when they are setting themselves up to fail with their thoughts, right? And actions. And so it actually, for me, I didn't get it all at once. I wasn't mind, body, spirit all at once. It took me time where I discovered the food first. Then I discovered, you know, you got to de-stress, you got to meditate, you got to love yourself, you got to talk it out, you got to cry it out, you know, therapy, all these things. But I didn't know them at first. And so I really had a wake up call. And so for anyone listening that thinks like, oh, my thoughts don't matter. When I decided or realized, whatever you want to say, that my thoughts mattered and being intentional with my thoughts was important, that is when things truly started to shift. Because no matter what I was doing before that, if I didn't believe in what I was doing or telling myself positive affirmations about what I was doing, I was failing and I didn't understand why, which just led to frustration and going, oh, this food thing doesn't work, right? This is a long time ago. I was young, early 20s, had still barely any awareness. It took me a while to learn all of it. But it's such an important component. I just can't stress it enough. So I'm glad that that's... You just can't stress that stress is yeah, that's not something you should keep good. in your body. <laughs> yeah, so I'm really glad that Mel keeps that in, in what she's doing. Oh, absolutely. And, and you're right. And I'm exactly the same. Like, um, I think I spent a lot of my time wanting to have the perfect diet. You know, I was vegan and it had to be, you know, 100% vegan, couldn't have anything but you know stressed out about it and I think you know when it comes to diet different things work for different people you can go all raw you can go macrobiotic you can go paleo and stuff but if your mind is not aligned whatever you do is not going to work out for you because you're you're not in that mind space you're not sending out the right vibration if you like yeah and like I remember this when my dad was sick and I'm sure I've told this story before but it was a really important moment in my own personal growth when I was trying to give him like a detox and a cleanse and I was making him garlic shakes, he had stage four cancer and he wasn't having it. He was just like, he would do it and then he would pretend to be asleep so he didn't have to have a garlic shake. And one day he just sat me down and he said, I don't want to do this. I don't believe it's going to help me. And if I don't believe it, it's not going to work anyway. 
And that was pretty insightful for for him, who wasn't into any of this at the time. And I was just like, it will work because it's science and it will work. But he was right. Yeah, that must have been such a hard thing to hear, to have to accept. It's one of the moments that I still deal with in therapy. Okay, guys. (laughs) I can imagine why. Yeah. I mean, you were trying everything you could to help your dad and he just wanted to do what he wanted to do. Yep. Smoke and drink. Parents are stubborn like that. Like, oh, he was they? stubborn. They're Wonder where strong. I get it from. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us about your travels, because I feel like we haven't gotten into that yet. And when I first met you, you had this great story of traveling across the world and, and doing what you love. And I was just so impressed with your entrepreneurial spirit. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, well, so I, I was working in London and I decided it just wasn't for me anymore. You know, when you start getting into nutrition, you know, and you start asking questions, you start getting into the politics of it, if you like. And and I started thinking, you know, this this really isn't my world. I want to I want to follow my passion. I want to do what makes me happy right now. You know, I don't want to wait until I'm 65, 70 and I can retire. I, I want to enjoy my life now. So I packed up my little flat, left my job, bought a really old camper van. And I think one time we were talking Mm-hmm. We had a, a Skype, didn't we? And yes. we'd broken down. Yes. We'd broken down half an hour after picking it up from the repairman. Mm. Yeah, it was just camper van lifestyle was amazing, though. I, I loved it. I loved being able to drive anywhere, park up and just, you know, make a salad and you would sleep. You could just sleep anywhere. Like we, we've slept in, in national parks, by the seaside. How beautiful. And you, you get to meet so many different people as well. There's a real there's a real VW community out there, which I'd never imagined. Mm-hmm. You know, all these people that have either had a VW or have one. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of help. Like, oh, you know, if your engine isn't working, let me give you a hand with that. It, it's really nice. And um, before then, I think I'd camped once mm-hmm. I'd always said you know it's not about camping it's about hotel I'm a city girl I but I really fell into it and actually found it I found it great I don't think I, I could go back now see that's the way I am and my husband loves to camp <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like god what do I do his dream is to buy a camper every time he sees one he's like can you imagine yourself in that? And I'm like, no. <laughs> no, I need my nice things. God, no. But I love them. And I, I just had a total vision of like Mel by the seaside in yes. a national park, eating a salad and then sleeping. <laughs> like, <laughs> and vegan so, chocolate. It's just so, it sounds nice. Um, it's so funny, you guys, because what happened uh, when Mel and I were talking, I, we weren't doing a podcast. I think we were doing a business call. We were Skyping. And this is just proof positive that you can work from anywhere. Because here's Mel with a broken down camper van. We still did our meeting, although, you know, I think the Skype went in and out a few times and sometimes we could barely hear each other. But we got it done. And then by the time we were done, I think the tow truck was there or something. So she's yeah. on the side of the road with her partner in a broken down van and we're still getting <laughs> shit done. Okay. <laughs> yep, that's that's digital nomading at its finest, I think. Yes, and uh, I was nice and cool and comfy in our little studio. <laughs> yeah, I was in the van on the side of the road. But the good thing is about breaking down in a van is you can make yourself a cup of tea. So it's not, you know, there's silver linings. So what are the travel tips? Like how do you make food and tea and all those things in the van? Well, we were lucky. So we've got, we had a little fridge and um, two gas hob and a grill but I made most of the stuff just raw so essentially chop and chuck in a bowl and it's all about the dressing 
because the dressing is going to make the salad. So. Do you have some dressing uh, recipes you want to share? Yeah, I mean, there's a really simple one is uh, turmeric, spiced turmeric dressing. So that's just tahini and some turmeric and some black pepper, you know, because the pepper in and the black pepper helps the absorption of the curcumin in the turmeric, mm. um, which is the one that has, you know, all the anti-inflammatory and antioxidant properties and stuff. And then just lemon juice and water and you mix it up and it's delicious. It's creamy and it's flavorsome and it's zesty and it's kind of spicy. It's mm, so good. It makes a salad. Mm. Um, or you can just like add a bit of soy sauce and maple syrup and lime juice. Mm, Boom. Yeah, it doesn't easy. have to be complicated. When we decided to go traveling, I had a couple of weeks where I was panicking because I thought I've got a Vitamix, I've got a dehydrator, you know, in my London flat. I know how to be healthy with these accessories. You know, it's it's easy. What am I going to do in the van? I can't. The dehydrator didn't come with us. You know, it's this giant thing. So it's just about going back to basics. So plenty of raw stuff. Yeah, lots of colorful things that are easy to make. Salads, stir fries. Sounds delicious. I'm my mouth hungry. is watering. <laughs> All right. Can you leave us with some easy detoxing tips? Yes, I can. First thing is drink lots of water. I know everyone says it, but seriously, water, I think every most people are chronically dehydrated. You need to drink for a woman at least two and a half liters of water a day, two, two to two and a half. As for guys, three. Yeah. Um, cruciferous vegetables are your best friends. Things like broccoli, um, kale bok choy, things like that, because they help your liver to detoxify. Mm -hmm. Other thing I would say as well is make your own beauty products. Not talking about the mascara and stuff, but say the body oils and the cleansers. There are lots of recipes online. I'm going to post a few on my website as well. The less you can expose yourself to all the, the phthalates, so they, the plastics in, in cosmetics and stuff, then the better. Yeah. And I love the DIY. That's one place where you can have sugar because you can make those like amazing sugar struts. I can't talk. Yeah. <laughs> make those. You're not supposed to eat them though, Allie. Uh, I, well, I wasn't going <laughs> to eat them. I was going to rub it all over my body and slough off all the dead skin cells. That's amazing. And, and another way to detox is, you know, love yourself and affirmations. Get yourself in front of that mirror and start telling yourself how beautiful and how amazing and how gorgeous you are because we're so used to criticizing ourselves all the time and that doesn't do you any good. So you need to detox from those negative beliefs as well as from the, the crappy food. So the first time I did that, I cried. The mirror yeah. work. It is so hard. <laughs> it is it hard. Is. It's, but then the harder it is, I mean, is points to how much you need to do it. If it yep. if it's so difficult to tell yourself you love yourself, that just shows that how much how much that's needed. Yeah, it brings up all the things that you hold against yourself, all the judgments that you have against yourself. And you don't even realize sometimes, at least in my case, how many things you're holding against yourself and judging yourself, whether it's I'm not good enough, I'm not smart enough, I'm not pretty enough, whatever, these tapes that run in our head mm -hmm. until you do this type of work. And I know that uh, Louise Hay, one of my favorite authors, is huge. I love yeah, I love her. Huge on this. And um, I just remember the first time I did it, it was probably... It was like about 10 years ago. I remember what house I was at and I could not get through it. And that's when I realized like you got a lot of work to do, you know, and I don't I'm not done. Like we're maybe we're never done. we're never done. Right. No, never done. We're, we're always on the journey. But, you know, if you're going in the right direction then that's that's all good. And it reminds me my, my best friend who first got me into the whole, you know, loving yourself thing. She tried to get me to do mirror work. 
and I used to get so angry with her like no I'm not doing it mm. I'm not beautiful I'm not this I'm not that but she eventually got me to do it and it's really powerful and you're right you know we're, we're never there I can't stand here and say oh I absolutely love myself and you know I'm amazing but if you kind of keep doing that work every day and kind of cultivating that compassion and that self-love I think that's that makes us better people yeah and better people make a better world yeah and it's like the Marianne Williamson quote that I'm obsessed with, when you have that confidence, when you shine, you unconsciously give others permission to shine. So doing the mirror work, loving yourself, thinking highly without being cocky about yourself in a really authentic way is good for you. And it's good for others around you who are in your energy, because that unconsciously gives them permission to shine as well. And I think that's a really good point to just take in. Otherwise, it kind of feels selfish. Sometimes you're like, oh, well, I I don't want to be that selfish person. Well, be selfish in this instance. Love yourself. Tell yourself how fucking great you are. And it's all good. Yeah. It's like you rise and other people can rise. Ooh, that's a good one. That's a tweetable. Tweet it to us at Food Heals Nation because we like it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Where can everyone find you online, follow you, stalk you, all that good stuff? You can find me on www.radicalb.com. B as in B double E, all one word, um, dot com. Uh, <laughs> um, or um, Facebook, I'm Mel B, and Instagram, I'm Radical B. Radical B. Thank you so much, Mel. It was so much fun. I can't wait to follow more of your adventures on your website. And Mel, what's your official tweetable for our Food Heals Nation? Love Mother Nature and she will love you back. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. It's been amazing to talk to you both. Thank you, Mel. Thanks for being here. For all the show notes from today's show, go to foodhealsnation.com. Also at foodhealsnation.com, you'll find all our discount codes. Hey, Allie, are you social? I'm social. Let's talk on social. Okay. Make sure to join our Food Heals Nation Facebook group at foodhealsgroup.com, where you can connect with other Food Heals listeners ask questions, add value. And of course, we've got Tribe Building Tuesday to help you build your business and your personal relationships. And we've got Self Promotion Saturday where you can post your links to your business, your blog, your recipes, your healing story, anything you want. And of course, you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash foodhealsnation. And we're on Twitter and Instagram at foodhealsnation. And you can follow my personal adventures at Allison Melody TV. For all the show notes, go to foodhealsnation.com. See you next time, Food Heals Nation. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, developing a more positive outlook on life. In rare cases, people have experienced a strong desire to put in their Lululemons and take a yoga class while drinking a green juice. If you experience any of these symptoms, text your priest immediately. (laughs) 